0: Every project has to begin with strategy. We can't just say, hey, I, I want a logo, and then just you know, uh, create a logo. We can create you a beautiful logo without strategy. What I can't promise you is that it's gonna do what you want it to do. What I can't promise you is that it's going to represent your brand. So uh, that is an example. It must start with strategy.
1: Welcome to the Branding Lab a workshop-style podcast focused on providing actionable advice on how to build a remarkable brand. When host Yvonne Ivanescu decided to launch her own swimwear brand, she didn't know where to start. So she went straight to the experts. And the result? In-depth conversations with entrepreneurs, founders, marketing and brand experts who have created and designed the brands we love and interact with every single day. And now she's here to share these conversations with you. Are you ready to build your brand? Then you're in the right place. All right, let's dive into this episode with your host, Yvonne. Mark Gutman is a
2: storyteller, entrepreneur, adventurer, and idealist. He's also a friend of beer, coffee, water, wind, waves, beaches, mountains, and snow. But most importantly, Mark loves stories. Today, Mark focuses his energy on Wild Story, the marketing agency for the arts, recreation, and entertainment. Wild Story helps companies who provide refreshment of strength and spirit after our workday build powerful brands by crafting customer experiences that create delight and differentiate their brand. Mark is a brand strategist. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking all about brand and branding and getting into the nitty gritty of brand strategy. Welcome to the podcast, Mark.
0: Yvonne, thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here.
2: And how are you feeling today?
0: Oh, I am great. We are, you know, it's, uh, I'm just outside of Boulder, Colorado. Uh, We have very nice uh, sort of not quite wintry weather. It's cool, but it's not cold and it's sunny and uh, we're in the holidays. And so um, like many, uh, probably pushing towards uh, the end of the holiday season and and trying to get projects done, but also uh, really uh, liking this time to, to slow down and reflect and, and spend it with family and friends.
2: Definitely. And let's just get into the topic of today, which is branding. Now, as someone who is in marketing, I know that a lot of people tend to confuse marketing with branding. And sometimes, you know, people even skip over branding altogether and they just go straight into <laughs> straight into marketing. Sometimes they think maybe like branding is just a logo. So they'll create a logo. They'll maybe figure out a font and some pretty colors and they'll move on to marketing and social media and content. And I think that what we really, what I would love to talk about is like the importance of branding, because I think a lot of people don't understand what branding is. They get really confused and they think, oh, branding is marketing. It's the same thing. Um, And I really wanted to maybe start off with asking you if you can tell me or if we can talk about like, what is branding? How is it different than marketing, and why is it important, especially for maybe like startups and small businesses, particularly, to take the time to really understand what is branding and why they should be developing a brand strategy?
0: Yeah, perfect, and you know it's a great question, something I love to talk about all the time, and one of the two. To address one of your points, one of the issues that we have with brand and branding is it's relatively a young discipline in the way that we're looking at it today. you know, it It's hard to even pinpoint uh, where it really started to shift in the, the lexicon, in the business landscape, but I'll say like 20, 30 years ago. Now, granted, I mean, we've had brands, we've had people using marks to um, to signify their products i mean i think one of the most famous ones is bass beer all the way back and i can't remember the date but let's just say it's a long time ago right a couple hundred years ago a few hundred years ago potentially um and but but really taking it to where we are now um branding is this idea and i I really subscribe to uh a lot of the definitions by uh the, the 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 godfather of branding, Marty Newmeyer. And 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 so branding is a process. And it, it's a process we go through that is helped to design a plan to help you outmaneuver the competition. So that's what I see branding as. Your brand then becomes the gut feeling someone has about your products or services. You know, and Jeff Bezos also, he, he says it a little different way. He says a brand or your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room. And so you're absolutely right. I want you to think about that for a second. It's not your logo. It's not your color scheme. It's not, you know, your, the nice hat that you have with your uh, your company name on it. And it's not your website. Uh, branding is in, in brand, for, from the way that I uh, approach it, and you, you said it in my title as a brand strategist, is all about strategy. And I really yeah. see marketing as more tactical. And that doesn't mean that they're at odds they are actually they're interlinked. Like you can't have great marketing without a great brand strategy. And what we find is that many times, most people aren't sitting around thinking like oh man my brand strategy is bad but what they are experiencing a lot of times is the it, it's showing up in their marketing so they're sitting around and they're like they're they're looking at a blank page and they're like what do we say they're looking at their social media and they're wondering why aren't we getting the results or their paid media and, and why aren't their facebook book ads working you know they're probably you talk about startups that startup starts going and looking at all their competitors or the brands that they like, and they literally start copying what's on the competitor's website and then Mm -hmm. change a few words and put it on their own. Those are all really good indications that you have a brand problem, a brand strategy problem.
2: Yeah. I think that's really interesting because a lot of the times what people don't realize is that the reason maybe your marketing isn't working or you know your content is not resonating or your you know people are not clicking onto your website it's not because you're doing marketing wrong but maybe it's because you're doing branding you, you haven't really understood your brand or have developed enough your brand.
0: Absolutely and you had, you had asked you know why is it important and it's important because in today's Economy, it's almost impossible to differentiate based on our product and service itself. And if even if you do, it's typically for a really short time. Let's let's talk about two companies that are very well known Apple and Samsung. Like, there's really no difference in their (laughs) phones, you know, like they 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 talk to people, you can text, you can take photos. What we're really buying is this way to differentiate ourselves. And a lot of that comes from a lot of brand attributes and things like um your your core purpose, what you stand for, what you believe, um, your your voice and tone. You know, who do you declare that you're for and who do you declare that you're against or not for? And people and and even more so, and this is why brand and brand strategy and branding is becoming such a a hot thing right now and and, and becoming part of the conversation it's because we we choose brands we enroll ourselves into brands brands help define who we are I mean, if we were on a visual right now i have this when i speak sometimes i have this slide of me and all the brands that are in my life and they kind of they, they comprise mark you know there's like all these different things and um you know everything from my car to where i shop to uh, the school my my kids go to to uh, the pens I like to use to my phone, to my laptop, to this mic that I'm on right now. You know, this was the the mic that I'm on right now is a Shure SM7B. And, you know, it was, there was a, a, a strong brand connection to this mic because this is what professionals use. And, um, you know, there's famous uh, personalities that use this mic. And therefore I sort of transmute or that, that brand washes off onto me and I enroll and I'm, I'm part of that Community and, and part of that tribe, and so with that inability to differentiate, we need to really lean into those those qualities like your your core purpose, like your values and beliefs, what you stand for, what's your voice and tone of a brand, so that those folks that we are for are able to choose us and enroll. Because I use this word choose, your brand really forces people to choose. Or not choose you, and most of the time we're not being sold. You know, we're not even like really buying. We're choosing. We've already bought in our minds. We've already made a decision to buy a new car. Now it comes down to which one. Our preference, yeah. Right. We've already made a decision that we need eyeglasses. Are we going to the optometrist? Are we buying Warby Parker? And we've already made the decision that we need a new phone. Are we getting Samsung or Apple? So uh, I hope that uh, explained uh, a little bit of that, but yeah.
2: I think that like I was because I feel like when we talk about differentiators and we we talk about examples of really great branding, we, we see these like really big, big examples, you know, like Apple and Disney. And I feel that maybe like with startups or small businesses, like they see all of this and they and they hear about all of this and they say, well, that's they get overwhelmed really quickly, right? Because they're like, well, I don't have the budget of that. I don't have the understanding. I don't have the team for that. So where do I start with branding? Like, how, does, how do I even begin with it? Or what do I do? Um, and what would you say to those types of people that like, are very maybe new to the idea of branding? They don't have that much of an understanding. Like, Where do they start to understand what is branding and how they can implement you know, brand strategy within their business?
0: great question so and 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 i'm glad you brought that up because i also am always frustrated when people are like hey apple this apple that and you're like yeah it's apple but i would and we're using the like probably one of the the best examples in the world what about all the other companies um what i will say is that both apple and disney disney effectively like started in garages you know they all started someplace they didn't start as apple they didn't start as disney walt disney was just sketching you know cartoons and things like that. So first and foremost, remember that startups that, uh, you know, they all started someplace and so did you and they didn't get there overnight. Now, look, there's a lot of things you can do as an individual, but I really look at this a lot like practicing law as being a graphic designer. I think anybody who puts their mind to it could be very capable in those areas but it is sometimes really hard to do this work yourself because and and we like to use the uh description uh it's really hard to read the label when you're inside the bottle so it's really hard (laughs) to um it's really hard to, to to objectively see yourself and think about yourself but it is possible and so a good place a couple places that they can start you know we have I think is it like eight fundamental questions. And it's really, they're really simple. And they go something like this. Who are we? Who are we for? What do we do? Why do we do it? What's our backstory? What's our vision? And I have a checklist somewhere. Um, And what's our, uh, maybe like what's our voice and tone? What's our personality? So those are the Mm -hmm. questions that we go through in a broader process. And so at a very simplistic level they're easy they're easy to answer now the hard questions are things like like your why and your purpose like why do you exist beyond making money because that's really important like a lot of startups especially a lot of tech startups like all they want to talk about is the thing all they want to talk about is the product they make the great engineering things like that so thinking about really about this idea of what what is why are we in business beyond making a dollar and, and i'll tell you why it's even more important for startups because having been involved um in in, in several businesses of my own of, of helping to advise businesses like there are going to be bad times it is not all going to be a rocket ship ride and even when it's a rocket ship it can be bad and you need something beyond the widget something bigger than yourself to motivate you and it has to be authentic and real you can't just put like a a statement on a piece of paper and um and go with it i think the other thing is you know the, you know startups um you know a lot of times they have this opportunity to if, if they're truly new they have this window where the product can stand on its own and they can go ahead and, and get users but for everybody else and you know What's what's something else I like to say? I like to say that uh, only one competitor in a in a marketplace can be the cheapest for everybody else. There's branding, and so
2: that's great. I love that.
0: (laughs) So you really need to, as a as a startup, be thinking about who are we for. We always start with the customer. There's really this chicken or the egg, and and uh, do you start with yourself and your why and your purpose, or you start with the customer? Um, You know, don't worry about it. Go with which one you feel. Works best because you're gonna to have to get to the the other one second, anyways. Um, uh, and I've seen it work both ways, and, and we could talk about that if you want. But the you know focusing on the customer, you know, no customers, no business. And so you yeah. exist, a business exists, a brand exists to serve its customers. Now that doesn't mean customers always right and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. What I'm saying is, you have to be solving a problem and, and helping your customers. So know thy customer know what they care about know what motivates them as i mentioned in that example i'm made up of many many brands i'm not just sitting around thinking of one brand ever and i think that's a big mistake that a lot of startups make you know Mm -hmm. is thinking that like oh people are just you know like our product is so great our our tech is so great that people just can't live without it and they're sitting around thinking about it all day and that's just not the case like no who your customers are, what they're thinking about, what they care about, and then, you know, it's okay through this process and knowing who you're for and who you're not for to have people not like you and to not be for you. And I think that's something that a lot of startups in their race and their quest to to you know get users to to get to profitability, they they forget that you know, and they they forget that the more polarizing they are, and that doesn't mean that you're rude or that you're. Um, you're a bad you know company or anything like that it just means that like some people can really use you and some people can't you know i recently listened yeah. to a podcast about the history of dropbox you know i'm like for a lot of people they were like i am not putting myself my stuff in the cloud you yeah. know and a lot of people said no what like that's all like i am a, like i i need this and, and so that helped to build that brand that there were so many people that thought that it just was the wrong way to go. And, and and of course, in startup, you also deal with a lot of different things like early adopters and laggards and and things like that. So, you know, you got to think about that as well.
2: I mean, let's keep going with this in terms of like, what are some of the mistakes that startups are like, what are one of some of the biggest mistakes that startups are doing in terms of like branding? So, I know that you talked, we touched upon a little bit, but is there any other, you know, like things that you see that a lot of startups are doing that are like fatal mistakes when they are building their brand?
0: You know, so the the mistakes that I see is they don't build a brand. I see (laughs) that they don't want to invest there. So, here in Colorado, we have a lot of venture capital. In venture capital backed companies, you know, that money is typically goes towards engineering, it typically goes towards, um, uh, product development. Uh, they also, if, if with the pressure that's placed on them to iterate and experiment, they'll run to marketing activities before they even know who they are, who they're for, why someone should really care about what they do. Um, these are all branding questions that we that we work on. Um, also, you know, brand has this huge impact on company culture so it's also has this big effect not just on the customer but on the internal culture and so if they haven't stopped to really think about their purpose their beliefs and values why they're in business then what happens is they wake up one day and they've got this corrosive culture or no culture which is you know just as bad as having a bad culture and they're not going to be able to enroll the employees and the people on their team in the bigger mission, because, mm-hmm. you know, employees don't care that you're a founder and you're going to potentially exit for a huge amount of money. They don't care. Cause that's the founder's vision and dream a lot of times.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And like your employees don't care about that. You know, they care about, you know, that they see themselves as some, a, a part of something bigger. They see themselves as they want to be enrolled in a bigger mission. And so Definitely see a a lot of mistakes there. Um, You know, I see, you know, startups not doing any branding uh, and investing there, and then they wake up one day and they're as they're scaling and they're like, you know, they start hiring people and and people don't know how to talk about the company, people don't know how to carry on the mission, people don't know how to talk about the company in succinct ways that carries on and helps to further the company. And, you know, and then founders are running around, you know, confused and frustrated saying, you know, Mark doesn't know how to talk about the company. Marketing isn't talking about the company and saying the right things. You know, then you'll start to hear things from the founder, like we need to tell our story better. They don't really know what that means. (laughs) But what's happening is that, you know, they haven't done a really good job of articulating in codifying these types of things in a branding process, and that's really what this does is it it becomes becomes record, it becomes articulated, it becomes stated, it becomes something that everyone can return back to and reuse and and keep talking about and and saying over and over again. And as you as you probably know, like the best way to get a message across is to be super consistent and repetitive. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and across all channels, and I, I always like to think of, um, you know, the marketing team at Patagonia just pulling their hair out and just being like, "Can we talk about something other than, you know, recycling or, uh, you know, or 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 saving public lands or watershed? Like, can we like just can we like one time talk about something else?" And the leadership's like, "No, that's who we are. That's what we talk about, and we do it in different ways." Um, the constraint allows them to be creative, but. They're consistent, and we know who they are. And, and I'm pretty sure if I, you know, put samples of of ads up or or marketing communications in any of those topics, and said, "What company is this?" Um, a lot of people yeah. would be able to know who it is because they're so consistent with that with that brand and with that message.
2: I think Patagonia. I mean, everyone that I've talked to, they always talk about Patagonia and how great they are with their marketing. Um, and I think it's really interesting because. Patagonia is a really great example of a brand that like is leading with purpose, and yet is also very financially like profitable. Right? I think a lot of people think like, oh, we can't have a, a brand that's very you know has a purpose or that's talks about something other than financials, and and at the same time be finan- uh be financially. Very profitable. And we saw Pat- Patagonia do that and it's growing and it's so successful. And I think that it really, I think maybe shifted something in terms of, you know, we can have both sustainable, ethical kind of practices and also be financially, financially <laughs> very well off, let's say.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, they know who they are and they know yeah. who they're not. And they're very true and they've cultivated a community. And so that's the other thing that when done right, no, you're really building a community as a brand, and, and that is your ultimate goal. That's how you know that you've ascended the brand-building ladder, and, and you've built this community of people that um, believe what you believe and will look past some of your mistakes because every brand, including Patagonia, including Apple, including the best brands in the world, make mistakes. And because brands are a lot like people, right? They're flawed. They're not perfect. And, right. uh, and especially in today's environment, especially with social media, I mean, you can't do anything without getting caught. Make <laughs> a mistake. Everyone's going to find it and everyone's going to let you know. And yep. so, um, you know, they know who they are. They're very true. They're consistent. And if you think of brands like people, those are the people that we tend to like in our lives. Those people who are consistent, we know where they're coming from. They're not, you know, manic. They're not like throwing us curveballs. They're not showing up as our best friend one day and stabbing us in the back the next. Um, And so when you think of a brand showing up and how a brand shows up, it might not be that extreme, but if they're saying, hey, we care about, um, you know, the environment and then they then they um say, hey, keep buying all these jackets that we know are gonna go into landfills. That's in conflict. Our spidey senses go up. Even if we like consciously recognize it or not, we have these like spidey senses that say, hmm, something's not right here. And as soon as we confuse, as soon as we send those vibes like, hey, something might not be right here, our little reptilian brains from you, know, you know, billions of years ago uh, still haven't evolved, starts to send some bad signals to our body physically and emotionally, and we're like, hmm, something's yeah. not right with that brand. And, and it could be just that. It could just be that that says, hey, I'm not going to buy or I'm not going to be continued to be enrolled in this community or tribe. Um, or it could be, you know, a lot of times brands when when they're not showing up consistently, it, it's a bunch of these micro transgressions, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. maybe they didn't show up right on a social uh, stream and then maybe they did something else a month later and an advertisement that wasn't congruent with their brand and so on and so on. And now all of a sudden you've built this body of work and people just abandon your brand and no one knows why, because they can't voice it. This isn't something that's conscious. This isn't something that you're like, oh, I've noticed all these like little micro inconsistencies. But that's, that's what happens.
2: And I think it's also when you do branding to be able to understand, because I think one of the things that you also said um, uh, previously when I was watching your videos is that like branding is an ongoing process. Like you have to shift it as well. Um, and when you're talking about this, actually, it kind of sparked the... Mm, Victoria's Secret debacle, like how they were so popular, um, I think 10 years ago, and they had such a strong brand. But then with like the body positivity movement and everything, they didn't end up shifting their like, their messaging quick enough. And it seemed like they got canceled really quickly from their from their community.
0: That's a great point. So just like how people evolve, and you weren't the same person you were when you were 16 as you are as when you're 20 and 30 and so on, that doesn't make you a bad person right mm-hmm. and it doesn't make you any less of a person it's just like you're different you've evolved and part of the thing you, you're evolving you're like this thing that's moving and growing and and as a as a physical being and and i believe that companies and brands do the same thing but alongside of you the world is moving and we're not always moving at like the same speed or the same rate or or the same trajectory and so being very conscious and you know and visually i think of this almost as like You know tectonic plates or something you know like everything's kind of moving and shifting and you've got to really assess how fast the world is moving around you you've got to look to where the world is going not where it's been and you know the world doesn't care the 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 zeitgeist doesn't care it's very unforgiving and to your point as soon as Mm -hmm. you know the movement and perceptions change brands can fall out of favor very very quickly and so it is this fluid process. It's always ongoing. You always want to be checking in with your brand. You always want to be coming back to your core values, to your purpose and saying, hey, does this hold true? Is this right? Is this who we are? Um, and, 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 the, and then also going back to the customers. What do our customers care about? And so in your example, someone at Victoria's Secret should have been keeping a pulse yeah. with customers and thinking, you know what? I'm seeing a lot of chatter around body positivity, around how people are talking about our products, we should probably address this. and Think about where we stand on this. Now, they could have said like, look, we don't believe in this, and they would have had the same fate. But uh, hopefully, they would have picked up on that and said, you know what, and and this is also, I mean, this is such a big conversation. This is where you bring in diverse perspectives. This is why diversity is so important on teams because you need to have those perspectives and someone to catch that you know if it's a bunch of white dudes sitting around a table old white dudes who are uh making the decisions of victoria's secret they're going to totally miss that which you know they did and i don't know if it's a bunch of old white dudes there but that, uh i like to think of it more like their ads like it's a bunch of women in wings but uh who knows
2: No, I I think that diversity of voices. And I think that's very important too, because what we've seen with a lot of brands now is that people are talking about issues that they're not really, they don't really know about and they're not really well informed about. And when they start putting out information without understanding context or like lived experiences or anything like that, what we see is that the community and the individuals out there are calling them out. And a lot of, I mean, cancel culture. I think this within the last year, cancel culture became a really strong thing. You know, people are getting canceled, brands are getting canceled. It's, yeah, it's a, a strong thing out there now.
0: Well, for sure. And I think, you know, I call it spidey senses. You know, other people can call it whatever, but our ability to sniff out inauthenticity. And so that's why you keep hearing this word, like every brand wants to be authentic, you know, Well, why they want to be authentic is they know that uh, their communities, their customers can sniff inauthenticity and they can smell it. And, you know, I think that's why it's also because, and, and things are, you know, changing. I think, you know, companies used to just try to put on a certain kind of face or a certain kind of, um, uh, outward appearance, and people were sniffing that out, and able to quickly call them out, and and those companies aren't aren't doing well these days. Um, And, and so, but you hear everyone say that well, it's like a brand attribute that people, oh, I want to be authentic. Well, of course, you have to be like, like that's not a brand attribute. That's like that's like permission <laughs> to play. Like you got to do it. You know, like we got to like yeah. like do you want to be an, an authentic person? You know, and and I keep coming back to this example of a person because I think it's the best way that people can understand how brands operate and they are moving and they're fluid and they evolve and they mature and you know, you gotta keep checking in. And just like, you know, when you're a person, sometimes, you know, you just refresh yourself. You go get a new wardrobe, you, you know, maybe take some classes, you learn something, you know, like you kind of like improve yourself a little bit. And that would be like a brand refresh. You know, but sometimes you have like a, a crisis of meaning and sometimes you really have to reexamine who you are as a person or you have a shift in your worldview or something has happened in, in, you know, either the world or in your, you know, in the external world or your, your own internal world that, that has a profound effect on you. Yeah. And then all of a sudden that's like a rebrand and you've changed yourself at the core. You've, you've revisited who you are as a person, uh, and the same happens for companies. You know, like when you have that change in in worldview or who you are, the market has changed so drastically, the world has changed so drastically, drastically, you really got to like kind of rethink and, and, and rebuild and, and start from the beginning. So, you know. A little bit on and, rebrand versus refresh, but
2: <laughs> that yeah. But that's it. great because I think a lot of people also don't realize that like if you do your branding one time, that doesn't mean like that's it. You know, you can't rebrand or refresh. Like it's a it's something that you learn from. I mean, me building my brand right now, I'm kind of going into it blind because I have no customers. But I know that once I actually like put it out in the market and I get customer feedback and I I kind of see what's going on with it if I need to change, like I can, and it's not the end of the world. And you know, it's, it's something that I think a lot of people get really stressed out, like, oh, well, I don't know what to do with branding, because if I do this, if it doesn't work, like what's going to happen? And we also have to get past that. I think a lot of startups uh, and small Mm. businesses need to get past that.
0: That's a great, a great point. So a couple years ago I hired a stand-up comedy coach and I did a routine and everything and um, I did a set in New York City uh, and it was scary by the way I have never been more scared or stretched and so if you're into comedy it's it's very difficult but he said something to me that has stuck with me and I and I even talk about it in branding sessions he's like hey you know mark we're, we're gonna be making choices here and they're just choices Okay. Yep. You're, you're going to, some, some things are going to stay, some things are going to go, you think this is good. You think it's bad. It's just a choice. We're not going to like spend a lot of time laboring over choices. I was like, Hmm, I didn't really know what he meant at the time, you know, but then we went through it. And I was like, okay, I get this. And the same yeah. is true for brands. So like, you're not going into this blind, you're going through a process. You're, 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 you're sculpting and you're getting as close as you can. But I mean, it, it's really funny because startups in particular are never afraid to pivot, but they're really, but they feel like for some reason that their, their brand work is set in stone, you know, so you can change. You, You don't want to, it's not ideal, but you do have the freedom to figure it out. And my brand has evolved over time and it took us a really long time to figure out how to articulate our mission and who we're for, which is brands that, enable the après, And so, you know, for us, the après even kind of started as a joke. The après is what we do after we ski and snowboard here in Colorado and all over the world. But for me and in, in doing research on that, you know, après means after. And my whole life has been about enabling those moments for people that they work for after that work day. So, you know, we work really hard all day. We, we, we you know, invest in our jobs we're, we're, we, we toil at work, but really we do that in my opinion for those moments with our family and friends that we, that we love. And so, you know, that took a while. That wasn't like a first stab that didn't happen uh, overnight. Um, same with some core values. Our core values have shifted time, but Not materially, but they develop because like our worldview develops. We've seen new things and we've honed them in a different way. And so we continue to do this work and reflect and um, really understand best how we can serve our customers and not only how can we serve them, but really understand them so that we understand what they're doing and what they're going through. And for example, I, I, I made kind of a joke, but it's true that like. You know, the first thing we do is, as startups is we run to uh, other people's websites and start copying what they said because we think it's good or we want this or we want that. And then, of course, we just become uh, a, an after ran or a carbon copy of them. We don't realize what we're doing at the time. I know that because I've talked to a lot of customers. I've talked to a lot of people and I spent a lot of time saying, you know what? You need barren strategy. And they're like, what? Like, what's that? And 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 what what I need to be saying to them is, you know what you need to do, you need to stop copying your competitor's website. They're like, oh crap, I did that. You know, I just had drinks with someone last night, and they were like, like when you said that, like I felt bad because I had just done that. I had a stack of papers that, that I'd printed out of someone else's website, and I was like, yeah. When you can get inside your customers' heads like that, that's when you know you're doing it right. But it doesn't happen overnight, and. I can't emphasize enough, and and I love that you brought it up. This is not like a set it and forget it. You know, like we go through the branding yeah. process. There's a bit of a sugar rush. Everyone's high fiving. Uh, we love it. It's all good. You've talked about values and beliefs and all this stuff, but then you got to go out and you got to live it. You got to make it work. You got to do yeah. it. And you got to take that feedback and say, okay, like. How do we tweak this? You know, the the essence of it probably doesn't change, but the, the there are things that, you know, you can tweak and fix, and maybe we got the customer wrong. Maybe we thought they were saying something that they weren't. Um, that's all okay. That's part of the process. But you got to get in the game. Got to do it. You got to start it. And one of the best things you can do, even as if we're talking about startups is, it galvanizes the team, you know? And so no one really talks about that a lot, but going through a branding process with another company or facilitator or um, someone that can lead you through it because you don't want the founder to be the strongest voice. You don't want to take over those sessions and everyone else just to, to placate them and say, okay, like you really need that coll- collaboration of different yep. views and perspectives uh, and whether that diversity is like, you know, really deep or even if it's diversity by job function you know, everyone's represented in the process. But a lot of people don't call out or recognize how amazing and galvanizing just the processes for a leadership team to go through and all be on the same page. And so even if that's all you get out of it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an investment that pays you back tenfold.
2: Definitely, definitely. I think that like what I've seen a lot of the times is that many, many times. And I think it's really interesting because when we talk about branding, we don't really talk about cult, like company culture from what I've like, I've been reading a little bit about branding. I'm I'm no, I'm no expert, no strategist, but I've been reading a little bit about it. And it doesn't really talk about like the company culture and how like important it is for your, your teammates and your employees and everyone to kind of be on board and feel like they're part of the company um, and feel like they're part of something. Because if you don't have that connection with the brand, then they're, they're not going to care. They're not going to do social media well or marketing well because they'll just be like so you know, meh about everything. They're like, well, whatever. I'm just going to write something and post it. I don't really care. you know. And I think that it's so important to be able to involve people in the process and feel like they're part of creating something. And I think if they feel like a part of it, it it just empowers your employees. And I think that's an amazing thing.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, and that's part of the problem because it's such branding, such this like relatively young discipline. There's different books out there as their own viewpoint and process on it. Uh, you know, some people are coming from a more traditional corporate point of view. Other people yeah. are coming from startups. Other people are coming from a purpose driven, you know, the companies I work with, I mean, their purpose is their is their culture, you know, like they, they believe, uh, you know, so deeply in what they're doing. And um, so that makes it a little easier for me, right? Like, it's not yeah. like I can imagine, like, if I was working at AT&T, and it's like, all right, <laughs> like, like, you're connecting people. I mean, like, I I, I do, Acknowledge and respect those challenges, and so it's different. Yeah. and 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 the and the and the process is slightly different. But you know, I've always just had this belief in that culture and that um you know builds the brand. I've always you know, and a lot of the companies I work with um have forward facing you know front facing employees, and that they are the carriers of the brand. That's how customers interact with those employees. And so, I, I couldn't agree more that it, it, you know, a if if you don't have your employee culture, you know, enrolled in the brand, they're just not going to do good work, and your product's going to suffer, your company's going to suffer. But b those those employees are typically your best salespeople. They're yeah, exactly. typically your best evangelists. They're typically your best advocates. And so, why not enroll them and the brand, and and give them the brand story, and 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 let them go forth and be super proud and and tell that story of um of your brand and so in order to do that it needs to be documented you can't just i can't tell you how many leaders just assume everybody knows the brand and get frustrated you know they get like like i've talked to ceos and like they're super smart and they're like and 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 i'll go do you know research i'll go talk to stakeholders and i'll come back and say look i think there's a gap of what you said you think everyone is saying and what everyone's saying, and I'll show them the the research and what people are saying, and you can just see like face gets red, and they're like, "What do you mean? Like, how, like how do you like?" I'm like, I, "You know, this is the hard truth. Like, you know, you haven't articulated it, you haven't captured it, you haven't shared it, you haven't said it over and over again. So, why would you expect them to know this? But there yeah. is, it's just a really weird expectation that people." You know, believe especially. You know, um, founders and startups, founders or CEOs of other companies, they've been immersed in the stuff. They just somehow believe that that information should magically travel out of their heads into the head of everybody else, and that's just not the way it works. And and you know, people need to understand, need to be told, need to be given the toolkit. Um, and so, you know, we've yeah. talked a lot about brand strategy, but. Brand strategy: a great brand strategy doesn't really do much unless you have a great toolkit and then great design, because uh, design is also another way of communicating that brand. and And we are such visual um, communicators as people, so it is this combination. You know, you need you need those words to underlie and be the foundation, uh, but then you need a toolkit. And by toolkit, I mean like brand guidelines or a brand book or or even just a one page placemat uh, brand brief of what the brand is you know highlighting those uh, eight questions that i went through like who are we you know what's our voice and tone things like that so teams you know they need a social media guide like this is how we talk here's examples of posts like you know we need to really step up and and train our teams i mean there's so many great professionals out there and we can't expect them to be mind readers and then we need to express this all visually and so if we're showing up differently on social media as we are on our website and uh we are you know at conferences and shows or with our product packaging or whatever your business you know or or, or like if you're a service professional and you're sh- you know you claim that you're the rebel or that you're rock and roll and you show up in a in a suit you know and yeah and, you know uh are looking like a ralph ad, like you're probably not a rebel <laughs> you know and so being congruent right with those ex with those um with the imagery, with how we present ourselves, uh, with the design, and so it all goes hand in hand. But in my opinion, you really can't have great design that works for you, because design does a job. It you know, it d- isn't just pretty, it isn't just looking good. It isn't just a logo that you think is cool. It should do a job, which is communicate the brand, whether uh, uh, really overtly or subconsciously. And that happens when you have all that pre-work in the brand strategy and understanding. What that logo is supposed to do.
2: Yeah, definitely. I think that like a lot of people what they do, because you know, there's brand identity, which is all the visual stuff, and then there's strategy. And I think a lot of people just skip over the strategy and they like get into the pretty stuff, like I want to do the logo. And and I think that it's really important to do all that strategy first because like your logo, your colors, like everything depends on all the work that you put on put in. It in your strategy right so what kind of colors are you going to create well what's the emotional response that you want to like have you know what kind of design elements that all kind of links back into the strategy and i think that a lot of the times just people skip over that and what you said about writing it down is so it like resonates with me so much because as a marketing person i've had like marketing jobs for the last 5 6 years Most of the times when I was working in agencies, in big agencies, so I worked with like Nespresso and Jameson, they have like brand books. They have everything. I mean, Jameson Whiskey had such an amazing brand book. They sent it to me. It was like all laid out. But most of the time, a lot of other like smaller kind of companies, you go in and there's no information. Like there's nothing about their brand. There's nothing about their tone or their personality. There's no information. So like as a marketing person that's going in, I have no clue like what to say or what's the tone or you know and then what we see is because like there's different marketing people the tone changes or the design or the images change and everything changes because people are just kind of taking the information that's out there and kind of doing what they can with it you know and 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 then it just doesn't seem like it's like you said consistent there's no consistent messaging there's no consistent voice there's no consistent nothing and then People get frustrated in the end. They're like, well, why isn't my marketing working? Well, why isn't this marketing? And it's so sad because then as a marketing person, you're like, well, the work hasn't been done before that. You know, I can't, I can't create magic. <laughs>
0: Totally. And then a lot of, you know, like when, when we were talking, like, I think a lot, a lot of marketing is measured in metrics and, and, and numbers and things like that. And so it's easy to have a spike because it's new or fresh or something, you know, you, you're trying a new tactic, uh, like, like let's talk about like paid media, like Facebook or something. And so you're able to get that bump and everyone's like, oh, this is great. You know, they see this immediate result, but then it tails off and everyone blames the algorithm and everyone says this or that. But really like what's going on is Like it's figured out that it's not like it's not good content, right? Or that it's inconsistent, or people aren't buying because you know you've gotten through that first wave of buyers, and 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 then you just kind of repeat that exercise. And and so for me, that's a really big frustration when I work with marketing partners that just want to rush right into the doing. And I and and that's kind of how they're wired, and and I get that. Um, But I'm always like, hey, like let's slow down and just make sure that we have all this strategy dialed so that we can all be successful?
2: I think it's really hard. I I worked with um, a company once that had like no branding and they wanted me to go in and do branding and then um, to help them a little bit with it, but they didn't want to like hire a designer and they didn't want to like, they had limited budget and all this kind of stuff. And then after like a month or two, they questioned like, why isn't this done? What What's going on? And then they got frustrated and they were like, you know what, let's just do email marketing and like some, some pushing some Google AdWords. Um, and I felt really, I felt like it was really, I felt frustrated in a sense because I, I kind of had my hands tied, you know, like I couldn't do anything at that point because they wouldn't like brand building takes time. I think a lot of people don't realize that like creating a community, which I I know you talked about that and how important a community is. It takes a lot of time. It's not a month. You can't create a community in a month or a couple of weeks. It takes like a year, two years, three years. And a lot of people just don't want to put in that effort or they just want to see the numbers. Now they want to see like the sales today instead of putting the effort over a long period of time. And I think that's I mean, you have to do the sales, you have to do the analytics and the data, and I understand that, but you also have to do the branding, brand building and the community and all of that as well. And I think a lot of the times companies just don't focus on that. They focus on like the analytics, the money, let's get the sales now, sales, 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 you know?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. and And I get it, right? We're in business to turn a profit. I mean, businesses need to... Make money. Most of our businesses are not .orgs. You know they're .coms or or what have you. Um, So it's tough, and it's a tough position to be in. But if you have the sort of ability, the wherewithal to do it, and look, I mean, you asked me this. I mean, branding can be done like on your own. Like it's not. It doesn't have to be done by a professional and an agency. Now, there's reasons like just the same way you can do plumbing in your house by yourself or you can work on a remodel or you can represent yourself in court and some people are better at that than others you know there, there's like we are people we're smart we can learn it but a lot of times it goes a lot better with someone that you know seeing the process can guide you through it and things like that but to your point you know if if you have the tools and the and, and the and the time you can sit down and work on this stuff all yourself
2: yeah and i think it's important and I I think that like it's something like I said, and I think we've mentioned it multiple times, something that's just overlooked a lot of times, but it's very found out. It's like the foundation. It's everything that you're gonna build on top of. If you don't have a strong foundation, then how are you going to be able to build on top of that? Right. So I think that for me, at least with my business, I've really taken the time to to understand and like go into it as much as possible. And hopefully, uh I hope it'll turn out for me, (laughs) but we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) see. And, and, and,
0: and, and, you know, what I can say is if you're true to yourself, then it's really hard to be wrong. Now you might make some like business, you know, mistakes or like focus on the wrong market or, you know, but that like, that's business. You know, what I can tell you is, you know, why branding is not set it and forget it because business is not set it and forget it. I've been doing this a long time. And I used to think like someday I would have it all figured out and I would just be sitting back and things would be on autopilot. The only kind of business that does that are ones that are dying. The four hour work week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think we kind of all want to believe that fantasy that (laughs) we're just going to make money in our sleep, you know, and there, and there are some ways to do it, but those are far and few between. And I, and I think for brands that really want to do something different, right? So Selling uh, supplements online and gaming the system isn't really changing the world. It, it's, it's putting yeah. some money in your pocket. And I'm not here to judge or say that that's good or bad. But what I am saying is that in my life and most of the people I know who have business do something bigger. They want to make an impact in the world um, while making money. And if, and if that's yeah. the case, then it's, then you know, it's really important to brand. If you're true to yourself, especially if you're a smaller business, you can't go wrong. You'll you'll just continue to figure it out, but you always will know where your center is. You'll always know where your North Star is, and it'll also help you make key decisions about what markets to enter, what customers to serve, and it it makes business easier. I will never say that it makes business (laughs) easy.
2: And I think it's also this idea of just like what you said, just launch it. Um, One of the quotes that I got from another person that I was talking to was, if you if you were, aren't embarrassed of the first thing that you launch, the first product you launch, you launch too late. Uh, don't expect to be like, we always look at Apple or Disney or Patagonia, but like where they are now is not where they were when they started. They probably started with lower budgets. They probably were embarrassed with some of their like products or some of their offerings at the beginning, but they built on that. And I think a lot of people just need to like create something, put it out there and then change it if they need to, but just put it out there um and not be afraid to do that you know
0: it's huge and they were, and all three of those examples were super authentic to themselves yeah Right? Like Patagonia started with Yvonne Chouinard and, and he was building climbing equipment because he was a dirtbag climber and he wanted equipment and he loved it. And he was like, that was like what was really like in his soul. Disney was drawing and you know, everyone told him he was awful and he struggled, you know? And then Apple, they were in the garage. They were just a bunch of computer nerds that were super stoked yeah. about like geeking out on computers. And so you're a hundred percent right. Like they like, always remember that and don't rush. To And it's the hardest thing in our lives, you know, to like not yeah. want to rush to the end, but
2: enjoy the ride. Yeah.
0: Great, great brands are, are built. You know, they're not, they're not just born out of the womb.
2: Exactly. And I actually want to end because I know we touched upon all of them already in this chat, but I wanted to see if we can go through quickly the 10 principles that make a wild story brand.
0: No, absolutely. So we've identified 10 principles uh, in working with brands uh, that we're really passionate about. And I'll try to go through them, you know, fairly quickly because there's 10. But the very first one, we've talked a lot about this. It must start with strategy. Yeah. You know, every project has to begin with strategy. We can't just say, hey, I I want a logo and then just, you know, uh, create a logo. We can create you a beautiful logo without strategy. What I can't promise you is that it's going to do what you want it to do. What I can't promise you is that it's going to represent your brand. So uh, that is an example. It must start with strategy. Um, number two, wild story brands have a clear why. You know, they have a clear uh, vision, mission, or greater purpose. So they they know or we discover why they're in business beyond making money. So that's so important. We talked about that. Yeah. Uh, for us, a wild story brand, number three, believes in the opre. So You know, we say that Wild Story brands believe in providing refreshment of strength and spirit after our workday. Those are the types that's a way of saying, hey, these are the types of clients we work with. These are uh, our people, this is our community. Number four culture equals brand. We talked about that today on the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wild Story brands know that inspiration comes from the inside out and that you need to have a strong internal culture to have an amazing external brand. Uh, Most brands. Uh, have their greatest asset is their people, and so they need to go ahead and, and tell that that story. Um, you know, a wild story brand is different, and so I started this whole interview talking about this definition of branding of being uh, a way to outmaneuver your competition. The way you do that is by being different. You don't copy their copy yeah. off their website, and so uh, you want to be extraordinary. And a, and a wild story brand promises something different. You dare to be different. You dare to be extraordinary number six is to have a manifesto and so you can read ours on our website at wildstory.com. it's all about the oprah this quote uh from luke sullivan the author of hey whipple squeeze this says it all a manifesto is your brand's magna carta your rosetta stone and declaration of independence all rolled up into one it's the halftime locker room speech given by the ceo the words the founder heard on the mountaintop before bringing down the stone tablets Reading a great brand manifesto should make you want to run out and try the product, feel the brand fighter in your bones. So, you know, this idea that, um, that like, you're going to have this anthem to rally around. And, and by the way, to, to you, to your listeners, um, in, in that manifesto, you're declaring what you stand for in the world. This is the single best tool that I have found in unearthing your purpose, unearthing your why, um, understanding who you are. I actually have a worksheet um free worksheet you can download on this topic and a little video that walks you through it the kind of the elements that you should have on it. Uh, I did a webinar on this as well. Uh, you can find that all on my blog, no, no problem. It's all all free. And like if there's one thing anyone were to do, it would be this a manifesto, I think that you can really do a lot with that. Like as you start writing, as you start exploring, you can unearth your why and what you stand for. Principle number seven is make the customer the hero of their own story. Um, I think that a lot of brands get this wrong. They always want to be the hero. And so a wild story <laughs> brand understands that they have to um, communicate features and benefits. Uh, but when a brand can help a person become who they want to be, the brand will build loyal customers, build that community, and buy again and again. So thinking about like, how do you make the, the customer the hero of their own story when using your service? Answer that mm-hmm. question, and you'll be in a good spot. Number eight: Ask what if uh, Wild Story brand just must be adventurous, and you know, one of our core values is to seek adventure, and this kind of fits right into there. But you know, we need to be able to ask. Like, and and, and I love when people start sentences with, "Hey, this might be a really crazy idea," <laughs> but. Yeah. And, you know, and that's like so. We have to, you know, be willing to go on an adventure of exploration, uh, venture into the unknown. You know, a lot of times we don't know what we don't know yet, and so be willing to try something different. Um, copycat brands play it safe; they do what's expected. Uh, Wild Story brands surprise and delight their customers by asking, "What if we did this?" Content, you know, Wild Story brand knows that by telling our customers. Who we are it tells them who they are so we need to create uh, uh content that's desired instead of deleted upon delivery and we need to tell a carefully branded story of their brand uh that interacts and intersects and inspires their customer over and over again and then number 10 we talked we touched we touched on this in our conversation too never stop branding you know that this is not a set kidding. it and forget it uh i always love the ferris bueller quote uh where he says life moves pretty fast if you don't stop and look around once in a while you could miss it um Mm -hmm. you know your brand's kind of like that too if you don't stop and take stock uh you could end up like victoria's secret you could end up like a lot of these brands (laughs) uh, like blockbuster like all all these brands just sort of missed it and so um you know those are our 10 principles and we run uh clients and 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 partners through that framework and uh, help them to develop a brand that wins
1: I
2: think that's a really great wrap up. I think we touched upon all of that within this episode and just having these like 10 principles um, provided in that kind of, a, the, you know, setup, I think it's just a great way to end uh, this episode. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I learned so much, and I just had so much fun chatting with you. Is there anything that you'd like to share with our listeners and your maybe your website or your socials where they can find you?
0: Yeah, th- thanks for having me. It was great. I, you know, I love talking about this stuff. I hope you could tell. Uh, I could talk about uh, brand and branding and marketing and, and just like, nerd out on it for hours. So thank you so much. I I enjoyed the conversation. A great place to get in in touch with me, uh, wildstory.com. We have a lot of content there. Uh, ways to sign up for a mailing list. And then, uh, as as you know, I am posting a lot of content on um, Instagram at, at Mark Gutman, M-A-R-C-G-U-T-M-A-N, as well as pretty much that same content goes over to LinkedIn. But if you're on LinkedIn, uh, you can find me there at Mark Gutman too. So uh, M-A-R-C-G-U-T-M-A-N. And uh, yeah, and then and, and, uh, love pushing and sharing uh, content out to the community. So Uh, if, if there's anything that your listeners want to learn about, uh, tell them to hit me up and uh, it's usually a good way to come up with topics as well.
2: Perfect. Thank you so much again. And, uh, until next time.
0: (laughs) Until next time. Thank you so much.
1: Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Branding Lab podcast with your host, Yvonne Ivanescu. If you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, or leave us a review on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. We'll catch you next time.